KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City, a product of Tyler Media, reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, the Outdoor Hour, giving you the inside scoop on the great outdoors, presented by Park Ridge Medical Clinic on 1077 The Franchise. As long as I can remember, I've been drawn to the outdoors. There's something primal in each of us that awakens when we step outside the bounds of modern society and back into the vast possibilities of the natural world. The more civilized our lives become, the louder our hearts cry for reconnection with our native ways. Failure is imminent, dangers drawing nigh, but approached with reverence and tact, the outdoors return wisdom and gain. In both the outdoors and in life, harvests are fleeting, but lessons and memories abound. With that in mind, we step forth boldly together in pursuit of ourselves outdoors. We are nothing more than tree stand troubadours. Welcome inside the outdoor hour. I'm Taylor Maples alongside Todd Lizenby and Grayson Bloom. We got Josh Stratton on the phone from Salt Lake City this week. We got an all-star lineup this week for the outdoor hour. And man, what a show we had last week here in the studio kind of a one-of-a-kind episode if you did not catch last week's show uh, with phil salvati and uh, our falconry show i highly recommend catching the podcast version you can download that anywhere that you go for podcasts look for the falconry episode um really really neat show we did last week but let's dive on into this week's outdoor hour we've got so much to cover that we've already decided we're going to break this up into a two-part episode as we talk about Grayson's recent trip to Brazil and fly fishing on the Amazon cannot wait to hear more about that before we dive in with Grayson though Josh you're on the phone line out from Salt Lake City it's a big week for your uh, mule deer foundation responsibilities what do you guys have going on out there in SLC yeah you know it is the western hunt and conservation expo is coming up this week it jumps off on Thursday Um, you know for people who don't know it's we raise about nine point four million dollars in three days for conservation efforts through this event and we partner with sfw um which is another nonprofit based out of utah for this um, event it is a consumer facing event so we see about seventy thousand people come through our doors over the next uh three days starting on thursday and um we've got Hunter Girl, who is on American Idol, she plays uh, Thursday night, I believe, at our, our banquet that night. And then Ned Ledoux, Chris Ledoux's son, plays uh, on uh, Friday night and uh, live auctions and all kinds of good stuff going down. So I'm I'm looking down at uh, the chaos below me in this um, second-story little office that we have here during Expo and the actual convention hall, and there's just hundreds and hundreds of booths being set up and uh from stone glacier and yeti and first light and phone scope and bagara and weatherby and uh we can run down the list it's pretty lengthy but it's uh it's a heck of a good time you've been a part of a lot of these shows over the past few years you've been on the road for several in the last couple of months what makes this one special well one it's consumer facing right and so um, there's some uniqueness in that. It's like Dallas Safari Club show, but unlike SHOT Show, right, where you have to be in the industry to get in your foot in the door at SHOT Show. And um, So it's great to see the community. The other thing is really wonderful to hear from our vendors who participate and have participated for a number of years is they can consistently say this is their favorite show ever. And I ran into the guys over at Yeti at Dallas Safari Club show and they were just so stoked. They haven't been here for a couple of years and they were able to get back um, on the show floor and man, they're just over the moon uh, to be back here. And, and I've just heard that a lot lately. So, you know, the people who come in are, are, are buyers, you know, they're, they're really authentic uh, hunters who, who aren't here to try to get free handouts from booth, but they're here to engage with um, the manufacturers and um, they're committed to conservation as well. So, you know, I think the seminars that happen every day are, are helpful. I think that our evening in, entertainment, which is, um, 
you know, you hear the word banquet and you think, oh, I better go get my suit and tie. But, you know, for banquets that 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 raise, you know, two plus million dollars a night in, in uh, live auction, you wouldn't expect it when you walked in the room. You know, there's a lot of blue jeans and uh, denim shirts and uh, guy, guys and gals um, just being casual. And um, so that's that's really cool to see. How's the weather been out there? We're freezing back here in Oklahoma this week. Yeah, it, it, you know, before we got on air, I was telling you how I made the genius decision to go walk from my hotel this morning at like 6 and 30 in the morning to a local convenience store without a jacket. Uh, and uh, so anyways, I Ubered back um, <laughs> because that's how cold it was. You had told us that story, and I just wanted to make sure everybody got to hear it on air. So thank you for yeah, humoring yeah, me there. I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, sometimes sometimes <laughs> you got to throw the white flag in and call the Uber. Yeah. But, um, no, it's a great time, man. It's a, a great event. And, you know, for anyone who's listening who's, who's into the big game hunting world um, and wants an opportunity to experience something new, this is one heck of an event. And, like I said, it's open to the public, and so, you know, you just grab your tickets and come have a good time. Uh, we'll say, you know, one thing we added this year, which is new, is we're doing a, a kickoff party, MDF is, on Wednesday night this year um, at another venue down the street, and uh, we've got the Field Craft Survival guys uh, who have a pretty big following. He just did an episode with Joe Rogan a couple of days ago. They're going to be there, and um, the Hushin crew, which is uh, another pretty uh, successful YouTube group of, of individuals, and we're going to be premiering some films from some of our partners like Loophold and uh, Black Rifle Coffee Company and Eastman's Hunting Journals. And, uh, so that that should be a darn good time. we got music and uh, some giveaways, and, man, we're just trying to jump this week off with a heck of a party celebrating um, our community of NDF supporters and volunteers. That's awesome. Thanks for the update. Yeah. We got now to the cooler stuff. <laughs> I was going to say, let's shift gears. Uh, <laughs> Grace and Bloom is in studio this week with us for the outdoor hour. And we had you in studio. It's been, I don't know, six weeks now or so since you were here with Dan. Um, you told us you were going to be going on a trip. You've since been on the trip, and we're here now to talk about the trip. So, man, once-in-a-lifetime kind of experience, I think, going and fly fishing the Amazon. And I can even tell as we start to kind of set this up, your gaze went a little bit distant. You're kind of reflecting a little bit. Mm -hmm. How the heck was this experience? Man, uh, it was amazing. There's there's a lot there. Um, you know, first off, you know, you, Fishing for peacock bass is, is it's it's on almost every angler's bucket list. You know, it's yeah. just something you want to do. Yeah, Todd yeah. Lisenby has his hand up. He's right like, "Yep, He's... come on, let's go." <laughs> um, that 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 that's been on my bucket list for you know twenty twenty five years, even before I had picked up a fly rod and was just fishing conventionally and stuff. And uh, um, so I was able to make it happen and 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 go. Um, Got to thank uh, Stephen Ruiz for. Uh, mentioning he's one of the owners of that JD Adams and co the fly shop here in Oklahoma city um, mentioning me to Randy Richter, who is a host of these kinds of trips and stuff. So I, I get the invite and which only really helps Randy Richter out because, you know, he gets to go for free if he gets enough people <laughs> together and, and go on these kinds of things. Todd, that's what we need to figure out. What do you mean we need to figure out? You killed a bear the same way, right? Uh, I guess you're right. Hey, <laughs> I think guys, we got to figure it Josh, out. Did you know he killed a bear? Were you familiar with this? I think it was in Idaho. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah. it was. We may have to go. tell that story sometime. One of these days we will yeah. we'll get to it. <laughs> yeah. No, we do need to figure out any obvious stowaway to go get some peacock bass. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. Yeah, there. you can put me in in with the luggage if you want. I sent Todd a couple of pictures that you had texted me this yeah. morning, and I said, "Hey, here's the show today. Here's who we're going to talk to, and all that." And he just said, "Jealousy times a million. I think is what he said. <laughs> it's 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 pretty amazing. I was super blessed to be able to do it. Um, so uh, when you know it was January fifth through January fifteenth, uh, gone for ten days. You know, three of those days are travel." Yeah. You know, it's just so far away. It's not easy to get there, is it? No, it's not. And in the in the area that we go to, it's all part of the Amazon River Basin. 
Um, but the specific river that I was on was called the Aguaboa. And, um, it's a, you know, it takes about 30 hours to get there. It's probably four to five planes to get there. Um, like I was telling you earlier, like on my way back, uh, my return flight took me to Sao Paulo, Brazil. And I looked at the map where that's at, and I was actually closer to Antarctica than I was to home. If that gives you kind of an idea how far out you are, man, it's a, that was something. But, uh, peacock bass, um, they're an amazing creature. There's, uh, they're, they're beautiful. They're super powerful. They're very aggressive. Um, where we were in the Aguaboa, there's four species of them. There's one's called the Tua. It's called the fire belly. There's the Paca peacock bass. There's the butterfly peacock bass and there's the Timensis. And Timensis is the one that gets real big, the, the three dark bands on it, you know, and people are catching them in the teens and stuff you know just just giant giant fish but uh, is that the photos i have yeah okay. yeah i may have sent you one of a paca that, that turned out to be my favorite species of peacock out there they they don't get as big as the timensis but they're somewhat like the uh now nah, that's not it i'll send it to you but okay. um there, there's so some, those three black bands you're talking about is the timensis right yep, that okay. is the timensis yep and uh the paca <clears throat> They're kind of like the the small mouth, you know. If you're going to put like the small mouth and large mouth together, as you would the Tamensis and the Paca, you know that that Paca is not going to get as big, but it is an extreme fighter. I mean, those dudes pound for pound are just insane, you know. And you you can catch a five pound Paca and it's going to feel like a twelve pound Tamensis. I mean, they're just so powerful, dude. So thinking about even just going and being that remote, like you leave Oklahoma City, right? Yeah, Probably yeah. Probably a relatively commercial mm-hmm. airplane at that point. Yeah. Where do you fly to? And it just it seems to me that as you go, every leg of this journey gets a little bit more remote, obviously, a little mm-hmm. bit more janky, you know? Yeah. Like you kind of, you yeah. end up, you know, in, in a little one-engine prop plane probably, right? Yeah, yeah. So – um it is kind of, it is like that and you're once you get more remote and more out of the country more international you're on different uh airlines that you're not familiar with like latam and you know copa and stuff and which i have great experiences with they're great airlines but oklahoma city to i think it was houston and then houston to miami and then from miami to uh panama city panama okay you know panama canal yeah, that yeah. area and then from panama to manaus brazil and um what you do there so i i get and it's just the way the flights go you kind of everybody arrives about 3 a.m um in manaus and um now that's out in the amazon i mean manaus is way out there isn't it yeah yeah okay because if i remember right i think the world cup played like they built a stadium there and everyone can like they literally had to bring in the supplies to build the stadium on the Amazon. Yep, because wow. there weren't good enough roads to get out there. That that would totally make sense. So, yeah. uh, Manaus is where the meetings of the waters are, and that's what they call it out there. It's where the Amazon meets the Rio Negro, and uh, that is something to behold into itself. On on a tour, they they take you out there, but. So um, you fly into Manaus, you get at the airport, um, the outfitter has um, arranged your ride. It's, you know, big passenger van and stuff, picking up everybody from the airport. Um, they take you to a uh, hotel where you kind of just, you're kind of there just recovering from that travel, really. Yeah, 30 hours. Yeah. Sure. And um, <clears throat> so you get there, you get to your airport, I mean, you'll get to your hotel, get squared away, get yourself organized, try to pound down you know, two, three hours of sleep, which doesn't work in Brazil if you're anywhere in town because Brazilians party all night long. Really? Until five in the morning. Okay. And it's loud music and it's, it's everywhere. Um, they know how to party out there. Uh, so sleep wasn't a thing. Uh, you wake up next morning, 6am, um, and you go on a tour. Um, it's kind of like a local tour guide. You visit, um, the fish market out there. And this fish market is, you know, some Anthony Bourdain stuff that you'd see. He's in these uh, fish markets. It's, it's just open air, and there are literally thousands of different tables and people, like, cutting and cleaning fish and bringing in the catch and, you know, selling the catch. And this this uh, facility in where, where it's at is about a half mile long. 
I mean, it is a massive facility where it's, uh, because Manaus has 2.2 million people, and that is somewhat their supermarket. So you're going to have all the fish and then, you know, fruits, veggies. I mean, there's probably even some lawn and garden stuff in there. I mean, you know, it's just one giant hub that services uh, this 2.2 million people out there. Um, so you visit that fish market, and you get to start to see some of the species that you're going to be targeting and catching in the Amazon right there. You know, just, you know, they're dead, you know, but they're they're for to eat. But um, you start to familiarize with yourself with those and what they look like and the names and how to pronounce the names locally and things like that. And then from there, <clears throat> um, we get on a boat, and um, this boat take took us to, like, up the river, up the Amazon a bit, <clears throat> across the uh, meeting of the waters. Uh, we stayed in the Amazon side, though, and uh, into, like, a, a lagoon. And these lagoons off these this this waterway, these lagoons can be as big as Lake Hefner. I mean, <laughs> these things are massive. And uh, so you get to this lagoon, and there's, like, this floating restaurant and, like, village out there. Um, the food's set up for you kind of buffet-style. Um, there's always rice and beans in Brazil. You're don't matter where you're at, you're gonna be eating some rice and beans. Okay. It's prepared a few different ways, but it's delicious. Uh Arapaima is a fish. Yep. And um I've seen it on the uh what was the name of the show? The guy that had the fish that'll kill you. Um gosh, River Monsters. Yeah. River monsters, I've seen Arapaima. They are also very strong fish, right? Yes. Yes, <laughs> they are. And, it's a, and that is a staple of a Brazilian diet out there. Um, these fish just get massive. You know, it's it's not uncommon to see them at 300 pounds. Right. And uh, they they farm them as well uh, to kind of cur- curb the amount of poaching involved and, and you know, kind of save save the, the population out there. Um, but you go to this, this uh, rest floating restaurant and you, you eat your meal and... Um, it's 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 interesting so the restaurant and then there's like this little you know kind of like dock you know it's like imagining a dock at you know, a boat dock and a little pathway <clears throat> and there's like monkeys around you know trying to you know get some of your food and you know you grab one of the little bananas and bring it with you and there's monkeys and then you and then you take this pathway up and it goes up probably about two stories and then you're kind of in the canopy of the amazon like and the path continues and you walk and you're seeing like these bugs that are just huge and just crazy different colors and and things you don't see uh there's some people holding like you know a python an anaconda you know a a sloth and uh there's there's caiman alligators right there you know at the boat docks and uh they're just there's just a lot of wildlife out there we got to hit our first break we're going to talk more with grayson about his trip to the amazon the tour the fishing um, what it's like to be sick in the Amazon, away from home, closer to Antarctica than home. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff for you ahead in this week's Outdoor Hour. If you're one of the 20 million men in America struggling with ED, check out Park Ridge Medical Clinic. They have an office here in Oklahoma City and use a state-of-the-art clinically proven technology that's called acoustic wave therapy. They can actually repair blood vessels and stimulate blood flow right to where you want it most. So no pills, uh, no injections, needles, any of that kind of stuff. Just a perfectly comfortable office visit. Call Park Ridge Medical today, 405-839-7000. 405-839-7000. Back inside the outdoor hour after this. Welcome back to the Outdoor Hour, talking all things outdoors, presented by Park Ridge Medical on 1077 The Franchise. Welcome back inside the Outdoor Hour. Great episode for you this week. We are talking about fly fishing on essentially the other side of the world with Grayson Bloom, who just returned back to Oklahoma from the Amazon. Uh, I was out this summer fishing on some property that we have with my Pedego electric bike. And if you've never been on a Pedego, I highly recommend it. It made getting back there just so much easier. I found a couple of ponds that I had never even known were there on this property, just zipping around. 
Um, you know, middle of the summer, it's over 100 degrees, hardly breaking a sweat. Got my tackle box strapped to the back of it, my rod with me as well, and just had an absolute blast. Uh, found some bass, found, you know, a lot of other things. So if you've never been on a Pedego and you want to try to get out in the summer, in the winter, go further with less effort, go to Pedego OKC. They're on MacArthur Boulevard, just west of Lake Hefner. Talk to Lance, take a test ride. I promise it'll be the most fun you have all week. Uh, if you mention the outdoor hour as well, Lance will save you 10%, so please do that while you're in Pedego OKC. But seriously, get over there. If you've never ridden an e-bike, I had never been on one before I met Lance. It really wasn't something I had much of an interest in, but I do love being on bikes, and this is so much fun. I just take it out. I ride around the neighborhood all the time. Go see for yourself. Check out Pedego OKC. In the previous segment, Grayson Bloom was telling us about his trip to the Amazon. We've got Josh Stratton on the phone line, Todd Lisenby here as well. I'm Taylor Maples. Uh, Grayson, you mentioned the meeting of the waters, and I had to look this up just to confirm it during the commercial break. This is one of those places where you've obviously got two bodies of water that are coming together, but they're very, very different colors, and it doesn't mix. It's just amazing to see. Yeah, it really is. So uh, this this you know, differentiation in color is, is due to, you know, water temperatures and like, you know, just their, their content and density, density being the main thing, density dictated by temperature and just what's there. So the, the Rio Negro, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's a darker color. What's well, Negro. It, uh, it, it means black river, Rio Negro. Okay. And, um, <clears throat> so it, it's, it has a great deal of organic content, you know, from it being, the Amazon Rivers Basin. There's so many tree as uh, trees with leaves, deciduous, not, and uh, you know, getting into the water system and breaking down and di- just different levels of decomposition and stuff. And there's just a bunch of nutrients there. Where it, and then it meets the Amazon, and, and the Amazon's kind of green, or at least it was when we were there. Uh, there had been quite a bit of rain. Imagine that, the Amazon in the Amazon, right? Yeah, yeah. and uh, they said it was kind of turned up, but um, to see that in in Last time when I was here, uh, Dan and I had we, we talked about you know how we were in, in Louisiana. We saw the Mississippi and we were in and out of that, and, you know, using it as a byway to access different waters and stuff. And uh, and we said, man, the Mississippi—that's big water. Man, wait till you see the Amazon. That's big water, dude. Yeah, that's that's big, big water. How did it live up to your expectations? Um, it was even more than I thought. Yeah. You know, because you know you you have all these uh, ideas and you know your imagination runs wild, but the, and then then you're like in it, and your 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 senses are on fire. You know the smells are different, the temperatures different. There's this all this stuff is just you know entering you and and you're experiencing it on a, on a really human level with all your senses available to you, and it's super cool. Josh, you're out in Salt Lake <clears throat> this week. Um, have you had a chance to connect with Grayson since he's been back, or are you hearing a lot of this for the first time? No, I'm I'm hearing all of this for the first time. I've you know heard a little bit from Steve and, and um, in the shop, but uh, you know, this is really the first time I'm hearing a good amount of uh, this information. And you know, I think we've talked about this before. What I, Grayson, I'd love to hear. You know, you talked a little bit about the culture, but you mm-hmm. know, particularly once you got out there, were you, were you? What was the the lodge like? I guess we haven't even got to that part of the story yet. But mm-hmm. what was the engagement with native and local people um, like throughout your th- throughout the journey uh, from Oklahoma to to actually where you were going to be staying there for a few days? Mm-hmm. So the people, man, all of them that we ran across were just super nice. Everybody was very nice, accommodating. Um, uh, out there, they speak Portuguese. And uh, I, I speak a, a bit of Spang, uh, Spanglish, you know, <laughs> quite a bit. And uh, I was thinking to myself, you know, hey, the, a lot of that crosses over Portuguese and Spanish, and you know, I should be fine. And but uh, I was, there were several situations I was just completely lost. I had no idea what they were saying. But uh, communication-wise, uh, some of them speaks English, um, uh, but it, it's very difficult to understand. Um, the people were just very nice. Uh, you know the the food options like the first the night before we left Manaus to go to uh, the lodge itself we went to a seafood restaurant very kind of a high end one myself and Steve and Randy and uh, 
<clears throat> the the food there was just amazing. You can tell their culture there, um, and, and being where it's at, and just so much access to water and and fish and you know wildlife and things like that. That you know their their style of cooking is just so much different, and the way they prepare fish is so much different than what we're used to. And it, it's just a it was an amazing cultural experience there as far as the culinary side um, and, and, and fruit, fruits everywhere. I mean, you know, it's the Amazon. Everything can grow there 365 days a year. Um, you're you're going to eat a bunch of pineapple and different types of melons out there. Um, it's, it's, it's just part of it. Um, the the metropolitan area of Manaus itself is just it's a hustle, bustle, hustling, bustling little area. It really is. It's not very large. It's very densely populated, Josh. And, you know, it's it's typical Latin America, you know, a bunch of scooters and interesting little vans and cars and, you know, stuff like that. And uh, everybody drives like a maniac. There's really no rhyme or reason to it. It's just, all right, my, here's my chance. Go. Just go. <laughs> go. It's, it's, it's pretty frightening for, for us Americans when we're, you know, a passenger in that kind of situation. But, uh Everybody was amazing. All the guys out there, they dress as if they are um, soccer stars. You know, it's Latin America. Soccer is bigger than anything, yeah. you know. And, yeah. and that that's just goes for anywhere in the world. Soccer is the biggest thing in the world. Other, other you know, in in U.S., it's not, sure. not as big of a deal. Um, the women out there, they dress to the nines. They look like they're ready to go to the club at all times. It doesn't matter if they're 15 or they're 65. <laughs> they just look like they, they're ready to go to the club. Um, <clears throat> on every corner, there was like an uh, an esthetician. Now, yeah. I, I don't know. It's like, like kind of like a really fancy salon. Sure. And, and uh, um, the people, like I said, they party all night long. Um, they, they used like, they'll use gas stations that are 24 hours. And they will post up there after the clubs close until about five in the morning. These gas stations will kind of cater to them, bring out a bunch of tables and chairs in the after hours, and then just let them party there all night. Wow. Yeah, it's a really interesting dynamic. It was, it was, it was interesting. Did you guys participate? No, no. We're trying to sleep, man. <laughs> we're trying. We're trying to, you know, you know, perform the best we can when we finally get to the water and you know get as much sleep as we can so, no. so you had about a 30 hour travel day you said about mm -hmm. five airplanes you think yeah you get so. to manaus was that ultimately the destination for the air travel yeah so manaus um the tour we kind of ended there at the uh you know the walkway get into the canopy uh, and then there's the meeting waters they take you down the boat and then there's also the arapaima farm okay um where they farm these giant giant fish these are like lung fish they can breathe air they're you know they're super interesting powerful fish and um there's like these pens that they they keep them in to have them keep them guarded from freshwater dolphin which i didn't know existed uh came in just other different wildlife that can eat them while they're growing and uh you get there and they give you this giant stick with a rope attached to it and at the end of that rope they tie on a bait fish and uh, you dip it down in there, and these arapaima hit it, and it's so hard, so loud, and so powerful, and you get to fight them for a minute. There's no hook, but you get to fight them for a minute you know, with this, this bait fish on there because they just clamp, and whenever they open their mouths, they're sucking in probably, I don't know, 15 gallons of water, and it makes this crazy pop sound, um, and, and that's really interesting. Then um, that was the end of the tour. Those arapaima are just such gnarly-looking creatures. Every time I see them, they look like a mix between a tarpon and, like, an eel, right? They're just they're super long. Todd's got a video of some jumping here yep. in a farm. That's them. Yeah, they, they really large scales on them, very kind of carp-looking. Yeah. Um, the, the second half of them, um, the tail half, has got kind of, like, red margins in between these uh, scales and stuff. It's really, really pretty fish. That's cool. Yeah. I stopped by J.D. Adams and company a week or so ago, and Steve was telling me about the Arapaima. Just yep. unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And then so tour ends, you uh, get to get to sleep again or try to with the partying Brazilians, and then wake up, and they take you from the hotel. It's about 20 minutes drive, and then you're at the airstrip, the small airstrip. Okay. Yeah. And then you're getting into your single-engine airplane. 
um, with about six, seven other people. Um, they load up all your gear. They're also, this is also the opportunity because the lodge is so remote. This is their opportunity to bring in goods and food and things like this. So there's also a couple of these giant, giant coolers of, uh, you know, just goods and stuff to keep the uh, operation flowing and going. Um, that's getting transported in with you. So you get in this little plane and it's just under two hours. You're hitting straight north and you cross over the equator and you're about a hundred miles into the Amazon. And, uh, what does that feel like? Man, it's, it's a different experience. Like I said uh, earlier, um, these planes fly lower, you know, you're able to see more down there and, uh, you're more exposed to weather. You know, on our on our way back, you know, we we hit some weather, and you can't. These planes fly lower. You don't really get above the weather. You you can either tolerate the weather and go through it, but it's kind of freaky, and, or go under the clouds. You know, stay under the weather, and uh, that's what we did. And they're relying on, you know, uh, autopilot and everything else to to navigate. Because I mean, it's it's the Amazon. It's just pouring rain. It's crazy. And those those planes are a little louder than than a. Uh, you know, a jet plane, because um, it, it's just so small, and that engine's just right there. Single, single prop plane. How many people are on board? There's about six or seven of us. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think they. I saw a little placard in there that had the weight capacity. I think it was like 3,500 pounds. Do you have to? I've flown charter a couple of times when I'm doing stuff with like OU Athletics, mm-hmm. and you know, those are not this kind of plane by any means but right. they will literally the director of operations that's scheduling this stuff will ask you like the week of hey how much do you weigh this week right. you know, can you weigh your bag like you got to be pretty precise about this stuff mm-hmm. and i always opt to aim a little high because yeah. i don't want to be wrong exactly about how much weight I'm exactly bringing. was yep. it that kind of experience were you susceptible to that kind of stuff no they never they never really drilled us but um about weight or anything like that Due to the amount of people that came to the lodge, it can it can accommodate fourteen people, and they actually maxed it out. So they were able okay. we were able to use two planes. Okay, you can fit more than the six or seven people that was on the plane with me. So we definitely had some wiggle room with our weight. Gotcha. Um, but they there is also signs in there that say, "Hey, even it out." And the pilots they will say, "Hey, will you sit on this side of the plane, please? <laughs> you know, let's even out this load." You know, that's a strange. I'd be experience. sitting on one side by myself. <laughs> I've had that before where they say, hey, we need some more people up at the front of the plane, or yep. we need you all to move back. Yeah, they're yeah. using you as a counterbalance. I mean, they, they, you're, you're their balance, for yeah. sure, you know, to, to make the ride as nice as it can be. Same happens when I go on a boat with my buddies. It's like, hey, can you sit over there, and then can everyone else sit in my lap so we can even things out? <laughs> Got to control the wake, right? I did find a uh, photo I showed uh, Taylor the of what a giant arapaima looks yeah. like and they I mean, are, it takes two people to hold yeah, that fish yeah, up. they are mm-hmm. like like you said they're kind of eel looking yeah. the, the mm-hmm. way they just have the long body and just a little small tail at the end but uh they are very powerful fish yes they are extremely extremely now powerful. did you get a chance to would you be interested in catching one of those oh 100 percent. okay oh yeah okay. oh yeah because i'd I, imagine that'd be the fight of a lifetime i i did hook into one um i lost it <laughs> but I, I did and it was it was we didn't see it, but whenever I set into that fish and moved it, whenever it moved, it displaced a large amount of water. So it was it was a very very big fish, and I I could feel him, and I was connected to him for a few moments, and it, it was a very very powerful fish. And I only had thirty pound uh, tippet on there, and that uh, that was the last time I used thirty pound throughout the chip trip. I switched up to forty pound. I should have listened to Stephen. Had some uh, 60 and 80 pound laying around too, but <laughs> just, you know, 80 pound laying around. Yeah. You know, it, it, you just never know, but you don't really have that opportunity to switch up your leader material in a, in a split second because your shots that you get at an Arapaima, they're so unexpected. You know, you're, you're targeting peacock, peacock bass and you're fishing and you're fishing and fishing. And then the guy will say, Ooh, Arapaima, Arapaima right there. And you just take a shot, yeah. you know, and. I, I did, and that was a cool little uh, black and purple fly that I tied on the four aught hook. Just a just a really big fly, and and it took it, and and uh, I never saw that fly or that fish again. <laughs> it's so powerful, dude. So the and the arapaima, like on their tongue, <clears throat> it's almost like. Have you ever seen those uh, 
kind of looks like a piece of coral or, or something. It's like real abrasive. It's, people use it to like a like a loofah kind like of like a loofah thing. You know, yeah. they, you get the callus off their feet with yeah. that kind of thing to exfoliate. Yeah, yeah. exfoliate. <clears throat> and they they have like this pad of uh, aeropana means like bone tongue or mouth. If like you break it down, like their their genus name does, it's like just osteo glosso or something like that but um <clears throat> it's it's probably about you know four inches long by inch and a half wide and it's just really aggressive stuff so we think that that fish inhaled that fly and it got hooked up to that stuff and broke my line off but, yeah. you've got some flies in front of you on the table here that you brought in mm-hmm. we've got one more segment ahead for this week's episode and i want to dive in and talk a little bit more about what you were targeting in your first couple of days actually mm-hmm. on the water um we're talking with Grayson Bloom this week about his trip to the Amazon. If you want your own once-in-a-lifetime fly fishing opportunity completely paid for, you got to get down to J.D. Adams & Company between now and February 26th. You've just got about one month left in this contest. But J.D. Adams & Company has partnered uh, with the Outdoor Hour and Park Ridge Medical Clinic, and they're giving away a once-in-a-lifetime trip to Yellowstone National Park this summer. Airfare, lodging, meals, licenses, all of that is going to be covered for you and a guest. So you can bring your buddy, your neighbor, your spouse, whoever you want to take on the trip. Todd Lizenby will come along. Uh, Plus, you're going to win a $1,000 shop credit. So maybe you've had your eye on on the new Helios or you need some new boots and waders, anything like that. $1,000 will go a long way at J.D. Adams & Company. Plus, you're going to win that trip for two. So J.D. Adams & Company, remember, is located in Oklahoma City on the northwest corner of 122nd and North May Avenue. You've got through February 26th to get over there. Check them out. They've got all kinds of great soft goods brands like uh, Sims, Orvis, Howler Brothers. I mean, it's a fully functioning fly shop right here in Oklahoma City. Pick the guy's brains. Get out on a trip locally with them uh, or just get in and enjoy some refreshments and great conversations. So speaking of great conversation, we got more ahead with Grayson inside the Outdoor Hour after this. Now back to the Outdoor Hour presented by Park Ridge Medical with your host Taylor Maples on 1077 The Franchise and The Franchise mobile app. Welcome back inside the Outdoor Hour. I'm Taylor Maples. Josh Stratton is on the phone line out in Salt Lake City. Todd Lizenby here in studio with us behind the glass as well. And our guest of honor in this week's show is Grayson Bloom, talking about his trip to the Amazon fly fishing. Right before we went away to break, we teased that uh, fly fishing trip to Yellowstone that you can win at J.D. Adams & Company now through February 26th. Josh, you guys have a lot of other stuff going on over there at the fly shop, though. Yeah, we do. You know, it's that time of the year where we're, you know, transitioning from, believe it or not, I know it doesn't feel like it outside, but uh, we're just a couple weeks away from uh, starting to receive our spring 2023 um, apparel and new products from Orvis and Haller Brothers and Sims. And so um, we've got uh, some discounted apparel going on right now. That's going to ramp up a little more in the next week or so. Uh, so you definitely want to swing in, snag uh, that kind of once once a year um, sale item. We've also got on February 25th, we're going to do a Blue River cleanup uh, down there in the Blue River, just two and two hours south of Oklahoma City. And uh, man, that's going to be a great time. It's just about community, about doing some conservation. It's you know arguably one of Oklahoma's favorite uh, trout fishing rivers, and and it needs some cleanup and some attention. And then we'll be doing some giveaways as well as um, grilling out uh, after we do some cleaning. And that's going to start at 8 a.m. on February the 25th um, down there at the Blue River, just south of Oklahoma City. So I think that's going to be a darn good time. And then, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, bring up, as you were talking about, cool rods uh, you could pick up if you had yourself that uh, $1,000 shop credit. We just got in the Stage um, R8 Salts, which is their newest salt-focused um, rod. And we've got it in an 8, 9, and 10 weight 
Um, man, if, you, if you're into salty critters and uh, getting out there, highly suggest swinging by the shop. Let us uh, throw some line on that thing and uh, give it a cast and see if it's uh, the right stick for you. But super excited to have those in. And then, yeah, just stay tuned. we got a bunch of, of great new product coming, rolling in here in the, just the next couple of weeks. So should be an exciting time around the shop uh, starting about mid-February. That's awesome. Speaking of salty critters, we got Grayson Bloom in studio with us this week. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> that was a great segment. You can't teach that kind of uh, finesse. Anyways, back to Brazil, Grayson. Yeah. You're telling us uh, right before break, I was going to ask you about some of the fish you were targeting. I know we keep kind of teasing the peacock bass. Mm-hmm. Seems like that was was that kind of the the purpose of the trip. Yeah, that's that's what you travel there for. Okay, uh, peacock bass and the you know, uh, but we we got into arapaima, arowana, a couple different species of paku, um, which is a very piranha like fish, um, dogfish. Um, yeah, just there, uh, there's just a wealth of biomass in that river. But uh, let's get to the lodge. So you know, we we finished up um, you know our tour and everything. We're on single engine airplane. We're flying to the lodge two hours north. Um, you land. You get there on the uh, the airstrip. Uh, get off the plane. They greet you with a glass of champagne and a couple couple of hors d'oeuvres, and uh, then they give you a kind of a quick orientation of the lodge itself. Hey, hey, this is where the food's at. This is how you get the food. This is when we serve the food and um, things like that. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Um, how to do all that? You kind of pack your own lunch and put it on the cooler with uh, your on the boat with you and your guide, and uh, <clears throat> you go fishing. So the first day that you get there to Aguaboa Amazon Lodge. It's about 10 a.m. and they don't count this as one of your fishing days, but it certainly is because you get in the boat for about seven hours. Um, so you're in the boat from like 10 to 5 p.m. Um, so you get in the boat with the guide and off you go. and And for me, it was it was my t- first time there. And I'm with with Randy, and he's 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 been there several times. And so he gave me some. Uh, we're, we traveled, I don't know, from the lodge on a boat probably about 30 minutes before we were into a lagoon that, that uh, the guide wanted to fish. And, and we start catching, you know, quite a few butterfly bass and some tawas and that are also called fire bellies and stuff that first day. And um, Randy gave me some um, fish handling tips on how to handle these fish and, like, turn them upside down. That kind of makes them kind of comatose and... It's like a catatonic thing, so they'll settle down, so you're not hurting yourself and getting finned and everything like that. And their their teeth are are uh, a lot like a large mouse, but they're a lot more aggressive as well. It's kind of like that file, you know. It's kind of like a the, lipping up a, a largemouth bass, but the one that's a lot stronger and the teeth are a bit more aggressive. <laughs> you do that uh, for a week, your hands are going to be hamburger, you know. Um, so got some uh, fish handling tips, and we just we just really tore them up, man. They're they are incredibly powerful fish. It, having stripping guards on your fingers is super necessary to protect you from the friction of the heat and the speed at which the the fly line moves in and out of your hands when you're stripping and fighting them. And these 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 fish will just take line from you. Just just oh, it's so aggressive. They're they're a lot of fun. Um, that's day one. Get back, have some uh, dinner. Uh, very very well done dinner i mean it's it's almost like a white glove experience um <clears throat> they come around they they give you wine if you want and um they're just taking care of you we all sit at the same table there's 14 of us all sitting at the same table and we sit at the table with the lodge's manager as well and uh, he's he's a great guy and um <clears throat> so we're all just kind of recapping our stories of the day and uh you know just having a good time and uh Wake up the second day, and I'm not feeling super good. Mm. Yeah, felt a little uh, fatigued, felt a little congestion in my chest. And I was like, okay, well, either way, let's go fishing. Day two of fishing, is this day three away from home? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Of a 10-day trip? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> so we get to fishing, and uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I knew something was wrong. But at about 11 a.m. that morning, I was like, okay, I'm sick, you know. And, you know, you travel that much, that long, that far, 
you're you're touching so many things that so many people in these airports have touched you know there's just so many germs floating around and flying around and on everything and it's it's you know i'm I'm pretty good with hand hygiene is you know washing and you know sanitizers and stuff like that but sometimes you can't get around it but uh i picked up some sort of bug you know and i really think it's due to how exhausted you are as well you Mm -hmm. know you're really exhausted so it's going to kind of kick down your immune system and bugs are going to get on board and they're going to wreak havoc and you know, so I got sick. Uh, Eleven o'clock comes in, it starts getting hot in Amazon. I was like, "Oh man, this is wiping me out." But we're still just catching fish and catching a bunch of them. Hooked into my first double-digit fish that day. I believe it was an eleven-pound fish that just almost pulled a fly rod right out of my hand. Um, I did not expect that. First of the trip or first ever? Uh, the first Tamensis for got me it. of the trip. Got it. The Tamensis being the 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 species of peacock that grow big. Okay. the bigger ones and uh i was not expecting that power i just wasn't those things wow and it's it's a really close quarters battle um you know you're, you're you're sending a cast out you know 60 70 feet um sometimes just 40 feet depending on how close you are to the jungle and um <clears throat> you're stripping stripping stri- super fast um and then they hit it and they're taking the line right out of your hand. It's you go, oh, it's going to burn you. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're so, so powerful. Um, so caught that that day. Uh, Randy caught a few good fish. And then that evening I was feeling really, 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 really bad. <clears throat> and But I was so excited, and I just didn't know what to do. I was like cold shivers and sweats and this, that. I mean, I was full-blown sick. You know, all the uh, joints in my body were aching. And uh, so went to bed. Woke up the next morning got some coffee i was moving around um randy says what do you think you're doing <laughs> i said i'm just getting some coffee randy i'm not going fishing today so that was uh i missed that second full day of fishing which was the worst day to miss because it was my day to be with caboclo that's the name of the guide and they call him big fish caboclo mm. and his his beat is about five ten minutes away from the lodge his lagoons are and he has monster fish in there. And Randy just cleaned up <laughs> I, wow. by himself. And I'm I'm just in there trying to hydrate and sleep and hydrate and sleep so that I could be in the best shape the next day I could. And and, and I was. I was in pretty good shape the, the following day and, and then continued on and got tons more stuff to tell uh, on that. Yeah, and we're getting pretty close to the end of it here. Um, so we are. We're going to have you back next week for another episode, and we'll dive in a little bit more. We probably, at this point, have more questions for you than anything. Yeah. And yeah. I want to dive into that. I know you're going to post some pictures on social media as yep. well for those to see. And we talked about this coming in. The peacock bass is one of the most beautiful creatures, I think, on Earth. Absolutely. And what's cool about them is, like, two of them hardly ever look the same, right? Right, yeah. They're all kind of striped or dotted differently, which mm-hmm. is so awesome. They yeah. are. What uh? Where did this trip rank before you went? In terms of like your bucket list for fishing, was mm-hmm. this at the top, towards the top? Yeah, this was number one. Was it? Yeah, yeah. And like I said, it for twenty twenty five years, even when I was a conventional angler, just to get out there and catch the real peacock bass. Not like this stuff in Florida. I mean, don't sure. get me wrong, they're real too, but. Like catching a five pounder in Florida, that's a monster. That's a yeah. giant peacock bass out of a but, golf course pond. Right, exactly. Like yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, to get out here and, and to get out there and do it, it was it was number one on my fishing bucket list for sure. Having been and experienced it now, was it in the right place on that list? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's kind would, of a would top so. tier experience. It, it really was. It's. I mean, there's just so much there, so much to experience, so much to talk about. Um, it the memories there I'll just carry for the rest of my life and uh you know doing South America that way and you know being so close to the equator so far away from home and uh man it's it's in, it's intense dude there's a there's a lot more to tell we've got a lot more to tell we're going to have you back next week to finish that up all right awesome final thing i need to do before we get out of here is talk about my friends over at Oki Hides 
if you're in the market for a new hunting hide, and I think it's kind of cool. They always say hunting hide, not hunting blind. It's kind of a, an allusion to you know the African hunting and all of that. Um, but if you're in the market for a new hunting hide, get one that's made right here in Oklahoma City, made in America, made locally by Oklahomans. Um, I posted a social media reel last week of some of the guys in the shop there doing just excellent work. These things are so overbuilt. It's unbelievable. Go on social media. Go to our uh, accounts on uh, face, uh, not Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok is where we are at outdoor underscore hour. Um, and look for that reel. You can actually see some of the guys manufacturing these blinds, see all the steps to process the thought that goes into these things. And just honestly, how much fun they're having putting a product out there in the marketplace for people that are after those big time bucks. Um, they've got ground rounds, they've got, uh, platforms that are eight feet up 12 feet up they're working on now one that's called the royal that's a little bit bigger footprint they've got the xl that's going to be somewhere in the middle um really really a cool product that they've put out there 26 gauge galvanized sheeting uh just over the top marine grade carpeting inside so they're almost soundproof smell proof it's unbelievable um check out okihides.com to learn a little bit more grayson thanks for being with us this week Absolutely, man. It's my pleasure. Uh, looking forward to uh, finishing up the uh, episode. And I got to say sorry to Randy Richter. I do believe that I forgot to mention that I broke his custom rod oh. on the second day. Oh. And it was a three weight. He had laying against the side of the boat. We don't know what happened, but we're 90% sure that I'm the cause of that. I probably broke it. That's why he didn't want you fishing the next day. That's right. He's like, you're grounded. What are you doing? You broke my rod. Go back to your room. Exactly. Man, Josh from Salt Lake City on the phone line. Give you a final word here inside this week's show. And great episode as always. Look forward to hearing more of uh, Grayson's story next week. And if you're in town, come check out uh, Western Hunt Expo here in Salt Lake. And if you're in the city, swing by the fly shop. Give those guys a good time. Yeah, wear uh-huh. a coat if you go outside, Josh. It's cold out there. <laughs> yeah, apparently you shouldn't go walk it on a walkabout uh, a when it's seven degrees outside. Keep that ride share phone number handy. All right. Yeah. Todd, a little bit different schedule this week. Uh, you guys are still in here next for the soccer show. No, we're actually so, – so the soccer show is moving to Saturdays now. We'll be oh. 10 to 11 a.m. Saturdays from here on moving forward. So we're going to be live on the air as the matches are going on on Saturdays. So, That's great. Yeah, we're going to send you back to VEASAN uh, Sports Radio coming up next. And, yeah, don't forget to join us on the soccer show, Ryan Chapman and I, on Saturday. Uh, thanks, obviously, to our sponsors, Oklahoma City FC and the Broadway Clinic. We're so grateful to have Grayson on the show this week telling this story. If you've got a story that you want to share about an outdoor experience, maybe somebody that's gotten you into the outdoors, give us a shout. We'd love to have you on the show as well. I am on Twitter and Instagram at T underscore Maples. The show, again, is at Outdoor underscore Hour on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you've got a business and you'd like to inquire about advertising inside the Outdoor Hour, send me an email, taylor.m at tylermedia.com. That's going to do it this week for the Outdoor Hour. Back next week with more from Grayson Bloom on his trip to the Amazon. Until next time, go boldly. We'll see you outdoors.